Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. I was going to say I'm a gog, but you always tell me off for saying a gog because I say it too often. But actually, because you said that, I haven't said it for a long time. Are you going to oh, say now it? I've said it again. <laughs> You've said it twice. <laughs> um, you've got word. a router. I've got a router. Everyone could have Well, no, have we got a router? Yes, we have. Everybody I meet in IT calls it a router. Oh, well, that's because they're, they're using American terminology. Yes, it's so a I router think. because it routes the signal. A router is would be, a would be sending it running tool. for the hills. Well, there's a woodworking tool called a okay. router. I was there. Okay. Yes. Well, if mine doesn't work, I'll use one of them on it. No, I wouldn't do that. Okay. Yes, but, so I have one. We all have, don't we? Well, we all have them. We all don't really think about them. We just sit in the corner doing their job. Sometimes we have to turn them off and on again if they start misbehaving. But oh, I'm glad it's not just me. It's okay. not just you, it's everyone. But if your router is older than 2018, the chances <laughs> are, exactly, yes. it's very vulnerable to being hacked. According to a recent witch report, mm-hmm. who said that they looked at routers supplied by EE, Sky, and Virgin, and two-thirds of them have this security flaw because they haven't had uh, firmware updates. Virgin Ooh. say, nonsense. But nonetheless, it is absolutely worth checking. And if you have an old router, I don't know what you do about it. Do you phone them up and say, can I have a new one, please? Probably not. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I... I go to a smaller company that costs much more because they are very good if things do go wrong. Mm. And I rather value that. Um, but I have no idea. I mean, I think mine is a Netgear router or router. And I yes. can't remember. I did update firmware once, I think. But it's even updating the firmware is just nerve wracking because you're terrified it's never going to work at the end. Of exactly. It. Exactly. And what, what, were we to be hacked, what actually could anybody glean? Or they could, they could get a deal. We lose our lives. Oh, could they? Oh, yes. that's, not, that's not good then, I suppose. It's not large. good. No, it's not good. Best to keep people out of your computer, yes. if at all possible. Yes. Yes, if only I could keep drink out of my computer, but I've, I've twice had, had the problem of spilling things into the keyboard. Your computer has a drinking problem. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> so either that or it does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not so so your, your router router is, is older than 2018, then I take it. And have Mine you updated is. the firmware? Uh, I haven't because I actually phoned up Virgin today, finally managed to get through to them. And as of tomorrow, I will have a brand new router, which will give me gigabit broadband. Good gracious. How about that? Yes. Oh, I don't get that from my page. So, so in other words, by researching this story, you've suddenly got a much better router. Exactly. Oh, good. And somewhat less than I was paying for my old router, because it turns out my contract with Virgin expired in 2017. They didn't tell me, nor did they tell me that they halved the cost, the monthly cost. Uh, Gosh, so what do you pay a month if I'm not too rude and uh, ask? £73. But it'll go down to £62 for five times the speed, so I'm not complaining about that. I just oh, wish yes. I'd known earlier. I have a slight, probably slower speed than you, but I, yes, I don't, I don't, it doesn't sound as if I'm paying an excessive amount. Um, no. for, what I'm, for what I'm getting. But um, Okay, well, that's, that's good. So, anybody mm. listening, if you can get through to them, ring up your mm. provider. And say, exactly. And as you know, getting through uh, to yeah, anyone. I heard on Gadget and Gizmos on Share Radio. Yes. <laughs> Tell not, them we and, sent you. And if it's Virgin, they'll say, oh, you, God, you don't know Steve Kaplan, do you? <laughs> I'll be cursing so, your name. Uh, moving on, we've talked about non-fungible tokens. To, well, uh, you to have your, mostly, yes. We have. And you've listened in the, with a bemused look on your face. Absolutely. 
Well, the latest person to jump on the uh, NFT bandwagon, or in fact, not really a bandwagon, uh, is the Chateau Darius, Chateau Darius being a vineyard, a French vineyard, who are selling photographs of their wine bottles. And they are selling them for 100 bakery tokens, a bakery token being a kind of cryptocurrency which um, should cost around £100, but due to fluctuation in the cryptocurrency market, they now cost £335,000. Well, they did this morning. I don't know what they will cost by the time you listen to this. Yeah, some cryptocurrencies have been going quite mad. Um, they have. Recently, with Ethereum, I think, reaching a new high, I think, yeah. but not Bitcoin. Um, well, that's extraordinary. Why would people want to buy... Well, ignoring the fact of why people uh, want to buy non-fungible tokens in the first place, which I still yes. haven't got my head around, no. but even... A picture of what now a picture of a really beautiful wine bottle you know that those those wonderful uh, lafitte labels or something hmm. framed on your wall i can understand but an unfungible token of a picture of a wine bottle i know it doesn't make any sense whatsoever but none, do we know if they're, they're selling, selling like hotcakes or or hot bottles? i have no idea i have no idea i suppose someone's buying the damn things ridiculous yes, they might. let let's us move one. on because that's just okay. frankly a little depressing well let's have one of these then Arrival. You will have heard of Arrival. They make buses. Oh, yes, yes, and, yes. And uh, later on this year, they'll be uh, putting the first all-electric bus on UK roads. Now, I know you're going to say there are already electric buses uh, in London, but the, the new bus for London, as it was called when it was new, and I think it's just bus for London now, um, is electric, but it's electric powered by a diesel motor. So it's not fully hmm. electric the way the new ones will be. And they are currently working in a co-production with Uber to produce electric taxis, uh, which they reckon will be on the road in 2023. And a quote from Arrival said that they are, uh, it'll be fundamentally something that's built and designed from the ground up with ride hailing in mind. Now, it seems to me there is already an electric vehicle built from the ground up with ride hailing in mind. It's called a taxi. Mm. So I don't know why they're going to reinvent the taxi when there's actually a very good taxi already out there. I haven't been able to look it up instantly, but I'd be willing to bet that in the early days of the 20th century, there would be electric buses. There must have been. There were electric absolutely everything then. They've all been forgotten about because of of the combustion engine. Um, But there were electric vehicles rivaling combustion Mm. engines early on and then just sort of seemed to lose out. They were the sort of the Sony Betamax of their day. They were. What a sad thing that was. Yes, using a reference that anybody younger than us probably won't understand <laughs> at all. What what is the what is the modern equivalent of the Sony Betamax? I wonder. It may well turn out to be non fungible tokens. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine, fine. Okay, well, we should look forward to that. Yes, onto a product now. Let's have a look at Swiss Army knives. Now you've got a Swiss Army knife. I hope you've got a Swiss. I've I don't have a Swiss Army knife. You love them. I know you talk about them them. relatively regularly. Regularly, I mean, not that long ago, you sort of came up with a sort of Swiss Army knife that was the size of a credit card or something. Well, that's right. Yes, and I mean, when I was young, every boy had his Swiss Army knife. And I suppose oh, one or two girls th- probably had I them before. Think I, I think I had an old pipe cleaning knife, which is all I ah. could get, which had basically a blade and a long pointy thing. I was given a first army knife when I was 12, and I loved it. And the first thing I did with it was to use the scissors to cut my fingernails, after which I couldn't open any of the blades until my fingernails grew back. 
that is one of the best anecdotes I have heard for a long anyway, time. <laughs> so Victorinox, Victorinox, the yes. maker of Supreme, if not the only Swiss mm. Army knives, have just released the XXL Swiss Champ. Mm. It has 73 functions, which is frankly a lot. Um, it's big. It is um, two and a half inches wide, 6.4 centimeters, mm -hmm. which is perhaps you know about the width of your hand, which is very, very big for a knife. Not not easily pocketable. Not what you I was gonna say, not what you'd call a pocket knife. Not what you call a pocket knife. And it includes uh, wood saws, metal saws, a magnifying glass, a watch opener, a pair of pliers, and something they call a pharmaceutical spatula. I don't like the sound of pharmaceutical spatula. Well, oh, no. hang on. No, I'm just thinking what it might be. Um, well, it's for snorting cocaine from. Well, I'm so surprised. Yes, I suddenly the only it possible sounded, use for yes. it. Yes. But that's totally bizarre. It's a little unlikely, isn't it? Yes. Anyway, $315, not for sale in the UK. For, I don't know why. So if you're desperate to buy a Swiss Army something in the UK, you could always buy a bottle of Swiss Army for her, which is... What? Uh, they're making their own perfume. £47, and it has, and I'm quoting here, a vibrant fragrance with blending notes of stimulating geranium with crisp lily of the valley and sensual soft wood. Honestly, the people who write this stuff, it is just nonsense, isn't it? Or maybe it isn't. Well, it is, well it's nonsense, but if we got paid for doing it, we'd still do it. Yeah, we probably would. <laughs> yes. um, I was intrigued to know about the origins of the Swiss Army. Now, if I'm just looking at that, that repository of information that we can now trust rather more than we used to, um, Wikipedia. Apparently, Moby Dick. In chapter 107, it's the one reason why I've never read Moby Dick, I think, any book has got 107 <laughs> chapters. Um, Call me Ishmael, I know the first few yes, words. But that <laughs> mentions the Sheffield contrivances, assuming the exterior, though a little swelled of a common pocket knife, but containing not only blades of various sizes, but also screwdrivers, corkscrews, tweezers, awls, pens, rulers, nail filers, and countersinkers. So that's 1851. Oh, yeah. But apparently the Swiss Army in the late 1880s needed a folding pocket knife for the soldiers, so that they could open canned food and dissemble the Swiss service rifle, which required a screwdriver. And as a result, they commissioned what obviously became the first. But Swiss since the army. Swiss have always been neutral in every conflict since the dawn of time, what does their army do? Well, you could argue, of course, they're one of the most successful armies there have ever been. They've never been defeated. Um, yes, I think they have been involved in. Are they? They've been involved in occasional fracas, but yes, they the guard the Pope, of course, don't they? Uh, well, yes, I don't know quite what the relation is, whether they really are Swiss, we'll just call that now. Um, but Swiss having guard, been yeah. to Switzerland, every, I, I think it's still the case, every home has to have a nuclear bunk, nuclear shelter. No. Oh, really? Yes, yes, and any Swiss citizen has to have training in how to use their rifle. And I, they have them, I think they keep them at home. Are they expected to be invaded? Oh, I don't know. And all their tunnels are purported to be mined. Huh. So, yes, I mean, they're, they're, they're neutral, but savagely neutral. <laughs> Clearly. Let us uh, move on. I think we should. To um, Westminster Council, who are trialling smart lighting. The idea right. of smart lighting, that it nudges commuters away from crowded areas using projections. Don't you know how it works? Well, yes. Yes, so do but I. But to demonstrate. No, no they're, not, they're not telling you. They, they're, not, they're not revealing how it works or what it does. Because if they're we understood, trying... we wouldn't be fooled by it. 
Well, I don't know, but they say they're trialing it near Bond Street, and I haven't had a chance to get down there to, to, to have a look, but they're not no, they're not telling anyone how it actually works or what it does, just the fact that it does it. Because we've, we've heard of, well, it wasn't called smart then, but we heard of councils using music to try and dissuade youths from hanging around, didn't we? They play classical music. Classical music. No, nobody under the age of 30 would like classical music. Um, therefore, if we play it to them, they'll all dissipate. Yes, and, and it seems to work. Uh, in Chippenham, in Wiltshire, um, mm -hmm. by contrast, the council um, has installed systems in their station, um, including pulsating lights in the handrails to make people yes. walk faster or slower. Right. I'm not sure that would work. I think I don't think I saw a pulsating light in a handrail. I would think, oh, it wants me to speed up. I well, just no, think if, if anything, I think, oh, goodness, knows, I'm seeing things. I better just pause for a moment till the dizzy spell vanishes. Exactly. Yes. OK, uh, let's come back in a moment. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Well, here we are again. Not that we really went away. Um, but it's now the second half. So continue down your list of wonderful things. I'm I'm going to look out for... Um, yeah, is it Bond Street? We must go it there. It is Bond Street. We must go there and, find yeah. and, and see if we try are and work out what the lighting. Yes, and try and work yes. out what the lighting wants us to do, and then do exactly the opposite. It, oh, you rebel. Got to have a hobby. You've got to have a hobby. Uh, smart water. Well, I think we've discussed smart water. <laughs> we have, yes. No, yes. it's not as ridiculous as it sounds. Smart water used for identifying your objects. Oh, that sort of water. Oh, yes, that sorry. Because you can actually get bottles that call themselves smart water. Yes. Yeah. Which they that, aren't. It's a different thing no, entirely. Yes, there are two no, things no, called smart water. Yes. This is the other one. Oh, okay. And so uh, a policeman came to the door recently and he gave me some smart water and said, spray this or write it with a pen on your your valuables. You won't see it, but it contains um, a, a sort of forensic link to to your house. Yes. You used to do, use way. UV pens for yeah. similar sort of idea. Yes. Similar kind of thing. Yep. Uh, the co-op, who have a, apparently experienced... So a policeman uh, came to your door. So hang on. Yeah. So you... So you write it on so it can be identified, but given the police never bother actually now trying to investigate any burglary, how would it help in the end? Um, because uh, they have fulfilled their commitment to the public uh, by yeah. yes. you know, going okay. to your door in the first place. Yeah, okay. The uh, co-op have apparently experienced a 140% rise in aggression and shoplifting uh, in the last year. People getting frustrated. I suppose shoplifting is a lot easier now that people are wearing masks because they won't be recognised. Ah, oh, yes. that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, co-op uh, security guards are now being issued with a smart water spray that they say that I'm going to use. They're going to use in uh, extreme circumstances. But if people are repeatedly shoplifting or aggressive, they spray them with this stuff, and then when the police do catch up with them, it will. Um, I don't know, somehow link them back to the fact that they've been sprayed at that co-op. Okay. So ultraviolet lights, I think, may be involved in some way. Yes. Uh, you can't help sort of feeling that, that court cases are awaiting and not necessarily of the person who'd been shoplifting. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> okay. Uh, yesterday was the 40th anniversary of the first American in space. Do you know his name? The first American in space. Yes. It wasn't Scott Glenn. He's the only one I've heard of from that period. Scott Glenn? No. No, you're not thinking. No, it was Alan Shepard. 
Alan Shepard, okay. Alan Shepard, who was the first American. Not, of course, the first man in space, who was, of course, as everyone knows. Yuri Gagarin. Or was he? Or was he not? Well, I don't know. I, I, you know I, I'm not a big fan of conspiracies, but I did read one conspiracy theory that said, of course, he wasn't the first man in space. He was just the first one to come back. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. That's I mean, knowing what I true. do of Russian technology, it is unlikely they could have got it right the first time. That's true. Though they were, of course, the principal supplier of supplies by rocket ship to the International Space Station for many years, which must have been a bit well, nerve-wracking for anybody <laughs> up there at the time. Indeed. Um, yes. True, of course. Mm. Lenka was the first dog in space, wasn't it? Or was that Riker? Lyka. Lyka. Lyka was the first dog. Yes. The dog had... Yes, Lenka, sorry, is a singer sailor. I like, yes. <laughs> has she been to space? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, anyway, okay. there may be a reason that you started telling me about that. Ah, yes, because to commemorate the 40th anniversary, Jeff Bezos, uh, he yes. of Amazon fame, um, his blue origin. What is it with Bezos and, and Elon Musk? It seems like every billionaire has to start their own space program. Yeah. Anyway, he has the blue origin. They're sending their first crew into space on the 20th of July, right. and he's holding an online auction for one seat aboard it so that you can bid to be the lucky or possibly not quite so lucky passenger on the inaugural flight of the Blue Origin. Mm. It's likely to go for probably several million dollars. A bang, yes. <laughs> um, and for which you will get 10 minutes of flight, which will include four minutes above the Kármán line, the Kármán line being the uh, recognised boundary between Earth's atmosphere and outer space. So it's going to need a, a multi-billionaire probably to go, who will then be envious of the multi-billionaire who can actually afford to produce the rocket in the first place. Yes. But I don't know, I'm, I'm probably several million dollars for actually four minutes of looking out your window. Yes. You wouldn't want to doze off, would you? And you've got to be fairly fit, I think, to go up in this thing. Yes. Um, well, I, I don't think I'll be bidding. I haven't quite got the dosh. No, exactly. Uh, you know, perhaps we could pay in non-fungible tokens. A few pictures of, <laughs> exactly. few pictures of wine bottles. Yes. A few pictures of money. <laughs> yes, yes. let's pay with non-fungible money. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yes, here's a picture of a five-bar note, which oddly enough just sounds like an old goon show. I'm sure the goons used to send I'm people sure pictures they did. of money. They did. Yes. <laughs> Great. We've solved the world monetary problems in so one So if you do uh, fancy being hurled around in a small object uncontrollably, but don't fancy going to space, you could do worse than our crowd funding project for this week oh yes so what is it i'm not sure i Thank like the you. sound of it it's called the your two a y a w as in what mm. ships do yeah. um, it's a motion simulator chair and if you look at it on kingstarter you will see that it uh, it's for driving games or flying games that kind of thing and it hurls you around oh i see it's not actually a centrifugal it doesn't sort of no Spin you round. Well, it'll spin you around and bend you and twist you, and it looks yes. thoroughly unpleasant. Right. Uh, currently on Kickstarter for uh, $1,490, which doesn't include the seat. The seat is $100 <laughs> extra. That just seemed very odd. It Why does. would you buy it without the seat? I can't imagine. I mean, cars used to come with all lots of extras, but at no stage do I remember a car being sold without the seats. Uh, no, but remember the technology used to come without plugs. You used to go and buy a television and it would come without a plug. I had forgotten that. Which was bizarre. Yes, and I wonder who was the first... Who was the first um, company to actually sort of 
have them included as part of the... Well, it was a legal requirement. I suppose because people were wiring plugs up. I suppose people used to know how to wire plugs up. They probably don't yes. anymore. No, I mean, my, my dad had boxes full of plugs, which I kept for years until you thought, well, hang on a second. You know, everything comes with a plug. It might be useful yes. to have one spare just in case. But, you know, 20 or 40 in a box is just silly. And were they round pin plugs? No. No, well, they were round pin. Pin. A long they time ago, there were round pin plugs, yes. but Because uh, there were two sizes of round pin plugs as they well. Were. Yes. Your dad's ones weren't, weren't the old Bakelite plugs, were they? There might be a few. Why? Oh, They're very I... valuable now. Well, I hope you wouldn't throw those away. They're lovely. I don't. No, I don't think I throw Bakelite out, but I'm. Well, I've got Bakelite radios, but I don't remember the plugs being Bakelite. Well, they must have been because before plastic, everything was Bakelite. I say everything. Well, I realise. Yes. Well, realize. not everything was Bakelite because, of course, some things were wood. And talking of wood, not electric plugs. I'd hope not electric <laughs> plugs. Um, transparent wood, which we have talked about, and indeed you have mocked we on have. this program before, but well, no transparent I, I, wood. You, were, you weren't exactly terribly serious about it either. No, but no, but it turns out it is quite a big thing. Um, and what they do is they extract the lignin, which is the stuff that makes wood uh, opaque. Mm. Um, and the trouble is that it also gives it its strength. So they take the lignin out and they replace it with synthetic polymers yes. that mm. they can make the wood transparent or vaguely mm. transparent. Well, scientists are vaguely the... transparent. Yes, okay. Well, there are degrees of transparency. Yes, of course there are. If you yes. think of a, a bathroom window or a sheet of tracing paper, hmm. you know they are they are translucent or opaque. No, but opaque means that the nothing, no light gets through them at all. Does it? Oh, okay, mm. okay. I thought there was degrees of opacity. Right. I think well, there are degrees of opacity, but really fully opaque. Okay. You go opaque, right. then translucent, then transparent. And okay. They blend Super. into each other. So uh, we're in the translucent sector. Okay. Well, we're in the, yes. And scientists at the Royal Institute of Technology in Sweden mm -hmm. um, have found that rather than using synthetic polymers, they could use orange peel, which they're getting as a waste byproduct from the orange juice industry. Isn't that lovely? Yes, but so combining you just wonder, how wood, did they ever work that out? I have no idea. It's brilliant. But combining wood and orange peel to make glass, it sounds so unlikely, doesn't it? Oh, I, I, I'm impressed. I Not just only that, but glass, glass with a 90% transparency. So oh. when you look at it, it, I was trying to, I saw a picture of it, and I was trying to think what it looks like. It looks like... No, I hang on, it looks like my windows when I haven't plastic. cleaned them for a long time. They look like your windows when you haven't cleaned them. That's yeah. exactly what they yes. look like. Yes. 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 Oh, I'm impressed. I mean, it's good, isn't it? Yes. I think it's a very, very good thing. Sustainable, green, well, orange. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> everything going for it. As long as you don't suddenly start smelling oranges when it gets hot. Oh, that's a good point. But it's not a bad smell. I mean, it, no. admittedly, it's not as good as stimulating geranium with crisp lily of the valley and sensual soft wood. It's the next best thing. Yes, but, you know, life doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what now? And finally, surgeons. Surgeons play music to relax. Um, it's well known that they do that while they're, while they're surgering. Yes. Uh, and they like classical music. But it turns out, um, according to the University of Heidelberg, that it's the wrong music they should play. That They, they should actually be playing hip-hop and rap because there's a constant rhythm 
that would allow them to to concentrate and do their do their cutting better. Really, it they, seems unlikely. I do remember when I had eye surgery, though I did not care for the music that was being played. And I asked if it could be changed. She said, "No, no, he works better as this or something." I can't uh, remember what it was, but I know it was something I didn't like, which could well be hip hop or rap, because well, I don't maybe really care a, for either. No. Well, they did a a research on 82 medical students uh, doing laparoscopic surgery, which is the Mm. keyhole surgery to to, to you and me. Through through the keyhole, yes, yes. Through the keyhole. (laughs) And uh, and I wonder who's intestine this is. The medical, yes, exactly. The medical (laughs) version never took off on television for some reason. Yes. That would be a good show. (laughs) Laparoscopic Through the keyhole, yes. Whose organs are these? Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, we better not tell anybody, Steve. Let's uh, let's try and see if we can get it uh, floated. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it quiet. Well, that's it for this week for the bigger picture. Uh, not the bigger picture for the gadget and gizmos. I'm so excited by the thought that we might get a TV programme called Through the Keyhole Surgery. Um, right, uh, that's it for gadget and gizmos. Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose, though, we'll we be back for the same, well, for more of the same, at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.